keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is... Friday, April the 22nd, 2022. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. We're, we're nearing the end of our Easter octave, but uh, God is so very good. And if I'm not mistaken, you can fact check me all you wish. Probably a good idea if you did. Uh, we can eat meat today. Um, it's a feast day. It's Easter. Praise be to God. May not be the case next Friday, but today, enjoy. Enjoy. Go full carnivore today if you could. Uh, to celebrate Easter, praise be to God. Here's a question. Uh, the Father Stew movie. Uh, do you, did you love it? Did you hate it? What was your opinion of it? Have you watched it? I'd be curious to know that. You can always hang out and comment live on the program on one of our live video feeds, all of which are linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Or if you're one of our CDT insiders hanging out with us in the back private chat for the Catholic Drive Time on Telegram, good morning to you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us there and let us know your comments. We'd love to read them on the show. But in the after show of the second half of the second hour, we may talk a little bit more and directly interact with you about the Father Stu movie. But, you know, Austin Ruse wrote a very critical review of the movie and uh, on Crisis Magazine. And we're going to have a conversation with Austin at 15 past the hour about what he found troubling in the film and what you might consider but there's two sides to the conversation, and we hope to have that with Austin Roos coming up at 15 past the hour. At 35 past the hour, we're going to have Catherine Engelbrecht on from True the Vote. They have a brand new documentary film coming out called 2000 Mules, and they've done some pretty, pretty compelling investigation on voter fraud that you may or may not be aware of. Uh, they have uh, obtained cell phone data and tracked people doing ballot harvesting illegally. And uh, we're going to have a conversation with Catherine Engelbrecht about that and the upcoming movie, 2,000 Mules, at 35 past the hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. I have a worst-case scenario to, to for you this morning. Okay. Uh, let me guess what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario. Uh it turns out that you can't eat meat today. <laughs> that, that would the worst be, case? okay, you got me. <laughs> Trump me on that one. That would be a worst, worst case. No, okay, just imagine you're going for a plane ride. Okay, I'm imagining. You're sitting in first class, so you're, it's, it's, you're living large. Okay. And the guy right in front of you is the greatest boxer of all time, Mike Tyson. I got it. I pick a fight with him. <laughs> yes, and he stands <laughs> up and whacks you in the head several times and then walks off the airplane. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Would you throw a water bottle at the greatest fighter of all time? I don't know. I'm just I, wondering. I don't think I would. I'm just wondering, you know, hypothetically speaking, just like has no bearing whatsoever on the news. But yeah. it, mm-hmm. let me know. Would, would you, if you saw the greatest fighter who ever right. lived exactly. and he was sitting in front of you, would you drunkenly throw a bottle right. at his head? Like, I'm just look, wondering. Look what happens when I poke the grizzly bear. I mean, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> if, if you knew someone who liked to bite ears off of people and owned a tiger, would you throw a water bottle at him? Right. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Now, the flip side of that, the other side of that coin, uh, the upside, the silver lining of that conversation would be, yes, Adrian, 
However, how many people on planet Earth can claim they've been punched by Mike Tyson? And uh, lived. Yeah. Very I'm, few. I'm a, I'm a pass on that one, though. I don't, I don't think I really want to claim <laughs> to be one of those people. I'm I want to know honest. how much power he put in. Not is that much. like 2% power? It looked like he was just toying with a guy. Cause it, boom, he, boom. I mean, it, it wasn't... It wasn't all that much, actually. Oof. It didn't look like it anyway. But the guy was drunk. He was very intoxicated, and he was just goading him the whole time. Yeah. So I wonder how many situations Mike Tyson has found himself in where he's had to try to restrain his his uh, response in that regard. And uh, maybe that was just a bad night, bad day, and he just it was a bridge too far for the guy. At any rate, that was an interesting story in the news. Hey, Burger King is using uh, the, the, the words of our Lord in the upper room, instituting the Holy Eucharist uh, to sell cheeseburgers. Yes, that's one of the, uh, the news stories today. Yeah. And um, that's yeah, interesting. Quite, quite some backlash. There. But don't worry. Chuck Schumer also thinks that uh, Kentonji Brown Jackson becoming a Supreme Court justice is akin to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So okay. there's also that in the news. Mm. That and more coming up on the program today. But we are going to jump in. We have a lot co- of uh, great content coming your way this hour. Uh, Austin Ruse is going to come up at 15 past, and then Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Vote at 35 past. Let's pray, and let's jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, April 22nd. Wow, it's Friday already. And these are your headlines. The Blaze reports, Burger King in Spain uses Christ's words at Last Supper. Take all of you and eat of it for Holy Week ad campaign, and then apologizes after Catholic uproar. Burger King in Spain used Christ's words at the Last Supper in a Holy Week ad campaign for a vegetarian menu item, and then apologized after backlash from Catholics in the country. The sacrilege angered fellow Catholics in Spain, where 60% of the population is Catholic. Reuters reports Putin calls off plan to storm Mariupol plant, opts for blockade instead. The full capture of Mariupol, which has been besieged by Russian forces for weeks, is a central part of Moscow's plans to cut Ukraine off from the Sea of Azov and forge a land bridge connecting Russian annexed Crimea to Russia. Putin decided to call off the plan to storm the steel plant where Ukrainian forces are pinned down after refusing to surrender, saying it was better to save the lives of Russian soldiers and officers and sit back and wait while the Ukrainian forces run out of supplies. The Hill reports Delta allows passengers banned for mask violations back on flights. The company said it will restore flight privileges for customers on the mask non-compliance no-fly list only after each case is reviewed and each customer demonstrates an understanding of their expected behavior when flying with us, they say. The Epic Times reports Biden appointee imposing CRT-based training on National Credit Union Administration. Employees and contractors of the National Credit Union Administration, the federal agency that regulates the credit union industry, are being subjected to racial bias and sensitivity training based on critical race theory. Employees were invited last year to watch a video and discuss the role institutions and public policies play in shaping life opportunities and one's ability to accumulate wealth. Its subject is the unmarked race. We see how benefits quietly and often invisibly accrue to the majority. 
not necessarily because of merit or hard work, but because of the radicalized nature of our laws, courts, customs, and perhaps most pertinently, housing. That's kind of ironic, no? And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. George. He was born sometime in the third century and to a noble Christian family. When George was old enough, he was welcomed into the Diocletian army. By his late 20s, George served as an imperial guard for the emperor at Nicodemia. In present-day Libya, a dragon terrorized the kingdom. And to appease the dragon, the people of Selen offered the dragon a sacrifice of two sheep every day. The dragon eventually demanded human sacrifice, and young maidens were chosen by lottery to be sacrificed to the dragon. One day, the king's daughter was the unlucky girl chosen for sacrifice, and so the king's daughter was sent to the dragon. St. George rides in a town charging at the dragon with his lance and spearing him through the chest. The dragon, however, is not killed, but is tamed by St. George. So tamed, in fact, that the princess is able to put a leash around his neck and pull him back into town. The dragon recovers and, as he does, becomes far less tame, once again terrorizing the people of Selene. The town begs St. George to kill the dragon, and when he says he will only do so if they all convert to Christianity. After over 15,000 men had converted, George slays the dragon by chopping its head off with a sword. The king was so grateful he built a church in the spot where the dragon was slain, and soon a spring started to flow with the water that cured all diseases. On February 24th, 303 AD, Diocletian, who hated Christians, announced that every Christian army passed would be arrested and every other soldier should offer sacrifice to the Roman gods. George refused to abide by the orders and told Diocletian, who was angry but greatly valued the friendship of George's father. In an effort to save George, Diocletian attempted to convert him to believe in the Roman gods, offering him land, money, and slaves in exchange for offering sacrifice to the Roman gods. But George refused. Finally, after exhausting all other options, Diocletian ordered George's execution. In preparation for his death, George gave his money to the poor and was sent for several torture sessions. And he was lacerated on a wheel of swords and required resuscitation three times. But still, George did not turn from God. And on April 23, 303 AD, George was decapitated before Nicodemia's outer wall. His body was sent to Lydda for burial, and other Christians went to honor George as a martyr. St. George, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, 
It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Allegorically speaking, St. Gregory the Great said, quote, The presence of Christ on land signifies the stability and peace of his resurrection, of his resurrected life, as distinct from the instability and commotion of mortal life still experienced by the disciples as they labor upon the waves of the sea. Close quote. St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Augustine said, mystically, in the draught of fishes, he signified the mystery of the church, such as it will be at the final resurrection of the dead. And to make this clear, it is put near the end of the book. The number seven, which is the number of the disciples who were fishing, signifies the end of time, for time is counted by periods of seven days. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. Of course, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, our friend, St. Jerome, uh, he signified the 153 large fishes to sort of represent the Gentile world. Very fascinating there. But I like this look at St. Peter himself. St. Gregory would say, it may be asked why Peter, who was a fisherman before his conversion, returned to fishing after, when it is said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, why did you return to fishing, St. Peter? Well, what I love about this episode is look at how quickly he jumps into the sea and he hastens, he rushes to the Lord, unlike all the other disciples, to include the disciple whom he loved, comes walking when Peter comes running. Run to the Lord like St. Peter. We'll be right back. What's concerning us? It's coming up next. Have you ever dialogued with someone who espouses relativism, which says there is no truth or it might be true for you, but not for me? It's pretty frustrating. Deep down, we know these claims are false, but we often don't know why. Here's the reason. To say there is no truth is a contradiction. The assertion is tantamount to saying it's true that there is no truth. Plain absurdity. Now the other position, there is no absolute truth, just truth relative to the individual set of beliefs, is problematic as well. The usage of the verb is implies an assertion about the objective order of things. It's the same thing as saying it's absolutely true that there is no absolute truth, which of course is a contradiction. No matter how the relativist slices the pie, he ends up with a contradiction, making relativism an unreasonable worldview. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. 
Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Vote is coming up at 35 past this hour to talk about ballot harvesting. What is the evidence for this? How can they make these claims? What can they show? What can they uh, provide for us to consider? In fact, there's a documentary film coming out called 2000 Mules that does detail all of this. And we're going to have that conversation with Catherine coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. In fact, how about the Father Stew movie? This is a film that's gotten a lot of press, especially from Catholic media outlets. And uh, Mark Wahlberg, Mel Gibson, huge Hollywood A-list actors. Uh, it should be a hit. And a lot of people, I would say probably most people have said they absolutely love it, but not everyone has said they love it. In fact, Austin Ruse, he is a contributing editor at Crisis Magazine. He's also the author of Under Siege, No Finer Time to Be a Faithful Catholic, has uh, put out a critical review of Father Stu. So we've invited him on to talk about that. Good morning to you, Austin Ruse. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. We're grateful for your time. Um, so let's start with... Uh, why did you watch this film? Were you asked to review this film? How did you start with that part? You know, uh, I took my family to a movie called Uncharted, you know, the new Tom Holland movie uh, with, with Mark Wahlberg. And, and don't bother, it's not that good. Um, and well, one of the trailers was for this movie, Fathers Do. And my daughter, who's 16, uh, Lucy, her, her reaction was so funny. She, when, when the, when the uh, trailer was over, she leaned over and she says, how is that possible? How is that even legal? You know, because here's, here's the trailer before a Hollywood movie. Uh, on a Christ, obviously Christian theme, and and you know she she understands this, the state of Hollywood, and I said I don't know, but don't they understand the separation of church and state? <laughs> uh, so anyway, we were all uh, fired up about going to see the Father Stew movie, um, and uh, I got it in my mind that I I would review it uh, because I got a, I, I got a note from the from the from the publicist, the Carmel Communications people who I know, and uh, I said you know I think I want to write about this, and so they sent me a link, and uh, I, I invited the neighbors over. Um, and we were going to watch it, and, and that fell through. And then I was going to watch it with my daughter, and the technology wouldn't work to, you know, put it up on the TV. So I, it was just on my computer. So I watched it alone. And so the expectations that I had were so high that it was going to be a slick Hollywood movie with a, you know, a Catholic theme. Uh, and then what I saw was relentless vulgarity, crudity, um, and th the feeling that I had was, I am so grateful that uh, our dear friends, disciples, and their little kids um, weren't sitting there with me watching this because of that. Um, you know, the, 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 the publicist people said, I said, it's got an R. Why is it got an R? And, they, and this is what they're saying. Well, it's just language, they say. It's just language. And, you know, we've all these days heard F-bombs in, in, in movies and an occasional F-bomb, and, and, and so fine, we can, we can deal with that. Um, but it's relentless F-bombs. F uh, uh, one kind of mature, icky scene 
Um, and it's more than F-bombs. There's S-bombs, and <laughs> it's, just, it's just on and on and on. Uh, and so my expectations were so high, and that might have been a problem. Uh, one of the main problems is that, that my expectations – I didn't manage my expectations sufficiently mm. such that when all of this happened, it really struck me sideways. And as I say in the lead in my column, it made me a little bit angry. You know, it's interesting because it had received a ton of Catholic media promotion, and I was I was thinking about taking my wife on a date night. I'm like, we haven't been to a date night in a while. We haven't been to the movie theater in forever. Maybe this is something we can go see because there's almost nothing we can ever go see at the movie theater anymore. So maybe this is something. And then um, I was I asked on our group, hey, who's seen this film? What do you think? And then I had two people reach out to me that I know and trust very well. One said they had taken young people to go watch this film, like maybe 20-somethings. And he said he was utterly embarrassed after the film and felt like he had to apologize to them. Yeah. Well, see, and, and that, that's something that struck me with regard to the way that they're marketing it. You know, bring your friends and family. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, there's going to be youth groups that are, that are going to be taken to this. And, and the head of the youth group is going to have to explain to parents what just happened uh, and this deep sense of embarrassment. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's more than just that. You know, there's cringy dialogue. Uh, there's Catholic illiteracy. Uh, you know, the, the, the one scene where, you know, he's being baptized, <laughs> he strips off his shirt. He's yeah. they're like in a Catholic mass and he strips off his shirt. <laughs> That's and the awkward. Lovingly shows. I, there's no getting around that. And, That's uh, awkward. I mean, how do you, you can't explain that away. I mean, we interrupt no, this film no. to bring you Mark Wahlberg without a shirt. We've seen that a thousand times. We all know they wear well, brown yeah, robes. All, <laughs> he also shows uh, he, him in his skin-tight skivvies in the kitchen twice. Well, not just once, but <laughs> twice, you know, panned up the, the thighs and to, you know, the bottom. And, and it was like, what are you doing this for? <laughs> so, the, so the director r- really, you know, really likes Marky Mark's body. Yeah, um, sure. so there's So there's that. Um, Let me play. And other forms of Catholic. Let me play devil's ahead. advocate, though. Because uh, a lot yeah. of people I also trust have been on the other side of this argument. Come on, Austin. That's right. Come on, Austin. Yes, there is some language, but Father Stu was a gritty character. He, you know, he was a sinner. And we need to depict how sinners, grave sinners, have this conversion experience. And so the good outweighs the bad in this film, Austin. How do you, re- how do you respond to that? You know, um, that, you know that, that, that's a good question. Um, I'll tell you what, um, the end of it, I'll tell you, and this is what I said in my piece, the end of it, well, first of all, let, let's get back to the grittiness of, of, of Stu, because I've, I've thought a lot about this since, since I saw it, um, and, and I had the benefit of a of, of, of reviewer's copy, so I could go back and forth over all the mumbly, dark, uh, unintelligible dialogue to figure out what they're saying. But when you think about it, his background wasn't all that gritty in real life or even in the movie. I mean, in the movie, they show him turning down a drunken blonde in a bar. So he's not presented as a womanizer. He doesn't commit any crimes. Yeah, he was a boxer. So what? Um, it, it, they didn't really. It, he came from like a difficult home, sure. But they didn't really show him with a gritty background. The grittiness comes almost exclusively from the fact that his mom and his dad and himself are vulgarian potty mouths. That's the grittiness. 
Um, so, so there's that. It's, it, it, it sort of fails in its own arc that he goes from, you know, desperate circumstances to conversion and the priesthood. It, it doesn't really show that. Um, but I, and I, I understood that uh, Christ, you know, meets us where we are. But, you know, he actually meets Christ in a bar when he's drinking. And his exchange with, with Christ is vulgar. And Christ's response was vulgar. Um, and that, that's one of the strange things in the movie, and I can't say it because, you, you know, you, you have a family audience, but, but what Christ says, he delivers a vulgar line. Christ will meet somebody in a strip club, but he will not put $5 bills in anybody's Jesus drink. Amen. Christ will come to somebody, you know, in, in a bank robbery, but he's not going to pick up a gun and blast a security guard. He will come and meet us at these moments, but he's not going to join in all the fun. Yeah, and they show him joining in all the vulgarity, and mm. and that was a little bit off. Um, <laughs> having said all that, the end of the movie, pretty darn powerful. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's I think that's for me a really big turnoff, and I think it it starts a, a kind of a dialogue in in my head about, you know, maybe is it time? And I, I'm wondering what your take is on on this. You know, in 1934, there was a group called the Catholic Legion of Decency. It was founded by. Um, the Archbishop of Cincinnati at the time. And this organization was dedicated to identifying for Catholic audiences objectionable content in motion pictures. And I'm just wondering, do you think maybe it's time to bring something like that back? And what are the chances of bringing it here? Well, I'll tell you, the, um, the, there are such reviewing sites. And, and quite frankly, uh, the, the, there's, you know, the, there's one called Dove. Um, there's one called Good Films, um, and um, but I, can I tell you what the best one is? It's it's the uh, website called IMDb Internet Movie Database, and the reason it's the best is because regular viewers. It, it's not a bunch of people that are hired by Dove or Good Films and watches them and comments. These are real people, real moms and dads writing on these themes right directly onto the website. So I contribute to IMDb. Anybody can log in with an account and, and review. And that's the one that I use exclusively. Um, you know, these days, not everybody, I, I, I would say even somebody from the church would not necessarily know all of the uh, blinking yellow, blinking red lights that parents may have with regard to movies. Uh, for instance, the, the, the movie La La Land, let's talk about that for a second. Um, it's, it's a pretty unobjectionable movie, except in one scene, they show the two characters laying in bed together, fully dressed and talking. The very next scene is the morning and they're coming out of that room. Now, you never saw anything objectionable. They never began anything objectionable. But the context of walking out of the bedroom in the morning explained everything. That, would, that, that is not caught by, quote-unquote, Christian reviewers, especially parents, because parents are very concerned with the context of something, even if something isn't shown. So it, it's a complicated business these days. Um, so there are sites out there like that. Um, but I would urge parents to look at IMDb. I mean, mm. we go right to IMDb all the time and to contribute to IMDb. Uh, all you need is an account. But, yeah, it's necessary. It's needed. It seems like it's a lost art in movie making, which is that, you know, the value of innuendo to 
to give ca- uh, proper yeah. context to characters because you want to give them this character arc journey. I'm not. I'm. A, I'm a. I was a vulgar hedonistic person, so I could relate to characters like Father Stu, and I think that's you know the, the target audience. But I have to go back to something you said at the beginning of our conversation: is the way they marketed this. I think they're leading people to believe that you can watch this with friends and family and kids and whatever, and yet this is rated R. And so, whoa, how would you have felt? Well, additionally, how would you have felt if they had been very upfront by that, saying this is not for kids? How, would you have felt differently about the film then? You know, much of life is expectation management, and so what hit me really hard was that my expectations were way different than because I was fully I was, this, this is what I was fully expecting. I was fully expecting to be able to sit down with my family, 13 year old daughter, 16 year old daughter and our friends, disciples down the street um, who, you know, have uh, kids in grade school all the way to high school. And that, yes, there's going to be some F-bombs. But other than that, it's going to be perfectly fine. Mm. It's not perfectly fine. Um, and, and I would have been humiliated, embarrassed and angry. His disciples would have been mad at me. Uh, there are good friends and neighbors. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you market that, but there are certain things in there that didn't need to be in there. You know, um, Mark, you know, the Mark Wahlberg character is propositioned by a male agent and there's this shot of the male agents, you know, crotch. Um, this is not a good scene for, no. for kids, no. um, uh, you know, and th- there were a few other things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it would have been deeply embarrassing and, and anger making had we watched the whole thing. Um, but then I come back to the fact, well, I, I, actually, before we finish, well, I want to talk about, we're out of time, actually. Uh, maybe we'll have to come, have you come back, but we are out of time. Austin Ruse, we will encourage you to check out his, his review of it on crisis magazine. That's crisismagazine.com. but you can get the other side of the other opinion by David Hahn also on crisismagazine.com. Austin Roos, thank you for your time today. God bless you. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. True the votes coming up next. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. The Daily Wire reports Florida Democrats melt down on House floor as Republicans pass new congressional map. 
Florida Democrats reportedly erupted on the House floor as they were powerless to stop the Republican-led party from passing a new congressional map that is expected to yield favorable results for the GOP. Congressional experts noted that if DeSantis's map is successfully implemented, it would entirely wipe out all the redistricting wins that Democrats have secured thus far for the upcoming midterm elections. Breitbart reports, poll. Most voters support canceling student loan debt. The survey presented the following. President Joe Biden has canceled more than $17 billion in student loan debt for more than 700,000 borrowers. Do you strongly support or somewhat support, somewhat oppose or strongly oppose canceling student loan debt? Overall, 52% said they, they would support canceling student loan debt. And of those, 30% said uh, they strongly support it. Another 45% oppose it. And those of those, 32% said they strongly oppose. Student loan debt cancellation is supported by 78% of Democrats, but 50% of independents and 65% of Republicans are opposed. The Epic Times reports 26 governors create border strike force in the absence of federal leadership. In the absence of federal leadership, states are partnering together to create the American governor's border strike force to disrupt and dismantle transnational criminal organizations by increasing collaboration, improving intelligence, investing in analysis, and combating human smuggling. The governors will coordinate to share intelligence, disrupt smuggling corridors, and assist border states. They plan to focus efforts on targeting cartel finances and border-related crime. Breitbart reports Disney is the worst performing Dow Jones stock of the past year, plummeting more than 30%. Of the 30 companies that comprise the Dow, Disney has seen its stock drop to, uh, on a percentage basis, uh, the most on a percentage basis, rather, followed by 3M, which is down 25%, and Home Depot down 23%. Disney's freefall comes as the company has embarked woke, has embraced woke far-left politics, specifically the exposure of young children to radical LGBTQ ideology. In so doing, the entertainment giant has alienated millions of customers and has picked a fight with Florida GOP leaders. Those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via telephone is Catherine Engelbrecht. She is with the True the Vote and has a, a really incredible uh, investigation and a, a potentially wonderful documentary film coming out. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. I'm glad you're here. We're grateful for your time. Let's talk about ballot harvesting. I, you know, I remember going back to 2020, you know, January 6th, the, the whole capital insurrection thing that was going down. And I remember saying that morning on the radio, you know, there's a lot of people gathered in Washington because they feel like their voice is just being ignored and they're not being heard. And we were talking about uh, some of the, as I characterized it, shenanigans of the vote at the time. And I remember seeing listeners going, oh, there's the greatest, safest vote ever. And then it's been one of the frustrating parts for me during that experience was like, OK, we're all waiting to hear about the evidence. Like, give us the details. I want to hear the details of, of voter fraud and all this other stuff. And I always felt like it was coy and ambiguous and, and somewhat nebulous to really put your hands around it. And then you're about to drop the biggest, biggest anvil of, of evidence. <laughs> and so far, tell us about this. Well, uh, you know, look, I, I agree. You know, True the Vote was started in 2010. And for all of these many years, we have labored under this effort of, of trying to explain just how um, weak and easily subverted our process is, but it's, I, I sometimes liken it to harvesting fog. 
you see it out there, but how do you wrap your arms around it? Because our laws are not written in such a way as to make that um, as, 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 as exacting and precise and immediate as it ought to be. And so with all of that as the backdrop, when we came into 2020, for the, for the year, the balance of the year before the election, we saw all manner of you know, election. We all did see this election laws being changed, lawsuits being filed. Things were just turned upside down in the interest of the pandemic. And as it rolled into November, where we where we found ourselves was uh, with standards across the country that had been weakened to a place that signatures weren't going to be compared and, and postmarks didn't matter and ballots would be counted after the election. And it just, you know, so you had all, all kinds of uh, red flags. But the biggest one that we saw was the infusion of private money to put drop boxes out uh, that were going to be largely unregulated all over the country. Mm. And so the, for, the formula that we saw and the, and the hypothesis that we uh, took a bet on was if the, there will be, if there was going to be problems in the election, then it is likely to occur somewhere between the, the crush of, of mail-out ballots that were being sent uh, both to active and inactive voters in certain states um, because we know the, the the rolls are not exactly accurate. We know that there are a lot of problems in the voter rolls. So you take dirty voter rolls, you take mass mail out of ballots, and you identify what we believe would be the weak point, which were these drop boxes, and we found a way to measure that. And and that measurement, uh, to, be, uh, to be more uh, precise, is we used cell phone data. Hmm. Uh, all of our cell phones... Um, uh, give off signals. Your apps on your phones give off signals that tell uh, all manner of, of marketers and and law enforcement and uh, interested parties tell tell them sort of a pattern of your life, and that data is all available for purchase. And so, that what seems. We did, can I just stop you there? Because that's sure. that's utterly insane to me. We can purchase cell phone data in mass. Absolutely. Now it what? is. Um, it is. The, the term that's used is it's anonymized. And so um, if you if you ever want to know where these numbers come from, it's there's a, an easy little trick. You can type on your phone like you're going to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Type star pound zero six pound, star pound zero six pound, like you're making a phone call, and hit enter. And up will pop uh, four or five different um, hashes and series of, of uh, alphanumeric um, number uh, 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 insignias and then uh, barcodes to associate. Those are those are the numbers that sort of dwell in your phone, give your phone its identity. So you can buy all of this, and it doesn't tell you um, straight away who you are. It just tells it just tells us what your profile is. And so we we bought a, a tremendous number of um, pings or those signals that are set up. We bought in fact ten trillion things, maybe the largest buy ever, um, with the goal being, let us, let us look to see if these cell phones um, fell into a pattern that suggested abuse of the drop boxes. And the way you can tell that is by drawing what is uh, called a geofence, sort of a digital fence of, uh, based on Latin long, lat- latitude, longitude, around the location of the drop box. So if you think about this sort of digital fence around these drop boxes and the ability to measure how many times a, a 
unique cell phone went to a Dropbox within our areas of study, and we studied in five states and five jurisdictions. Um, within those jurisdictions, how many times did a did a cell phone go to that Dropbox? And then, it, and then, at what point was that pattern so aberrant that that once you look at all the plausible explanations, you're left with only this outlier that they are going to drop boxes repeatedly um, was that was sort of the basis. And then the other variable that we introduced along the way, based upon calls that we were getting into our election integrity center uh, was the nexus between nonprofit organizations and wow. uh, drop boxes. So we added that to the variable. So, so ultimately where we landed was to make our study you had to go to a nonprofit, and it was different, a little bit different in every state, but you had to go to a nonprofit um, X number of times uh, and a Dropbox X number of times, and those X's are Y, I guess, and those X's and Y's changed by state, but I'll give you an example. In, in Georgia, for example, just to make the study, you had to go within the, the early election period only, uh, you had to go to um, I think it was five nonprofits and a minimum of 10 drop boxes. That began to separate the herd. You could really see a, a different type of behavior in people that were going to drop boxes more than 10 times. And then wow. at that point, the numbers got so big, the average uh, number of drop boxes in the greater Atlanta area was 23 times. Um, state by state by state, you're, it's, you know, the averages are 30 times in, in in uh, Philadelphia, the average is 50 times. Um, it's, it, the abuse was so stark, and, and, the, and the difference in patterns between the normal population, and, and mind you, we didn't, you know, there's, we're not saying that we saw everything because we were very focused in on, on looking at the most extreme patterns uh, and, and only looking at those patterns that led to drop boxes. If you went to a mailbox, we didn't pick you up. I mean, there was only so much we could do. But the whole point is to show America that our process is being abused, that the process in 2020 in particular was subverted, that all of these last minute changes had impact, and it needs to be investigated. We, we are, we are, it is a fool's errand to think that this is a safe and secure process. It simply is not. We have one of the least secure processes in the world, hmm. and we have to get serious about it. Hold that thought. Catherine Engelbrecht is our guest with True the Vote. Talking about ballot harvesting, there's more to the story. And on the other side of this very short break, we're going to dive more into that. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Do us a favor. Share us with a friend while we're gone. But Catholic Drive Time is coming right back. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. 
Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first in facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Catherine Engelbrecht is our guest. True the Vote is the organization that she is with, and that they've put out this investigation, which is pretty impressive. TrueTheVote.org is their website, by the way. Good morning to you. Welcome back to the show, Catherine. Let me just recap real quick what you were saying in the last segment. Basically, you took cell phone data, which you could purchase, and then you were able to whittle that information down over the course of, I'm guessing, many months and basically correlate individual cell phones making repeated trips to a certain number of, of uh, 501c3 not-for-profit organizations and then also making trips, frequent trips, to certain ballot uh, boxes. And, uh, and then in, it's, it's mind-blowing that you can get down to that granular level. But then you also were able to correlate actual video surveillance footage to this data. Can you tell me about that? Absolutely. So on the drop boxes, um, it was widely thought that every state had video surveillance uh, to make sure that there wasn't just the kind of uh, abuse that we later identified. Um, but in fact, most states either did not have video surveillance or uh, did not retain that video evidence or um, had it and retained it, but never looked at it. So, you know, broadly, what we did had not been done as nearly as we can see by anyone, and that was we went and the open records request uh, requested the video surveillance footage from every Dropbox that we studied, and particularly in Georgia, even though the video set is is incomplete, uh, we have five million minutes of Ooh. video, and we were able to um, thread together uh, by virtue of the timestamps. Um, it was sort of like looking for needles in haystacks, and there were so many challenges along the way. But yes, we were able to find um, where where we thought that mules, according to their phones and according to the timestamps in the data, uh, would have been at drop boxes, and then locate that in the video. And lo and behold, um, you saw you find people there, uh, you know, mailing or or dropping in ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot. And all of that then became fodder for the movie 2,000 Mules. That uh, once once we got to that point and we knew, okay, now we have some something that you can put on the big screen and really really tell a visual story. Um, we went to my friend Dinesh and said, look, I, I think we have we have something here that is worthy of more than uh, just you know one night story on the on the nightly news. This is a story that needs to be told, and and we set down the path to make that documentary. 
Yeah, the, the film is called 2000 Mules. 2000mules.com is the website there. Before we jump into that, let's let me ask you about the you've taken this information, you've put all this effort, and you've probably done more than most DAs are going to do about this. So, what has been the result? What states are you doing this in? Or how are you working with the district attorneys in those states? What's the status of those investigations? Where are we at? Well, this has been this has been a challenge because you know we were we were already in a time where um, the 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 vast majority of law enforcement and those in, in you know in in responsibility of oversight for elections um, already had couched this as you know nothing to see here, folks. This was safe and secure. That was the going um, credo. Everybody was was about moving on. Um, this was all a big lie. And so we had to fight against that, and it, and it's taken a lot of time. We got have gotten a lot of runaround. Where we are right now is active investigations. There are four, we believe. Some something you know just kind of goes behind a wall, and you can't really see it. But based upon what we've submitted in Georgia, we believe there are four active investigations happening that took the better part of a year to to get in play. Um, that's that's a that alone is enough material for an entirely second movie about what happened in Georgia to get there. But, but we have four active investigations there. Um, in Arizona, we are working with law enforcement in uh, Wisconsin. We are working with law enforcement in two jurisdictions um, and slowly moving forward in Michigan and in Pennsylvania. So it's, it, it, and, and in all States we've been at, well, not Michigan, Michigan hadn't happened in Michigan yet, but in every other state, we've been able to provide um, summary briefs to legislators for the purpose of support for better election integrity standards. Because, you know, to this point, there have been a lot of election integrity laws that have been um, put forward on the basis of a, a broad um, recognition that there are problems, but if you don't have the proof, then it's an easy argument to make that you're just you're providing a solution looking for a problem. Well, now we can show them the problem, so it's helping to support a better better processes, and, and that's a that's another huge. We feel like another huge victory for for the work that we've done. Now, to my knowledge, I've watched several of your interviews. You've not released the names of those NGOs that these cell phones have made frequent trips to. Why not? Right. Well, and this is a – it's bittersweet because we do have those names. And, and, and frankly, with the um, anonymized device IDs, it's a, it's a skip and a jump to understand who those people are. And, and as, a, as a civilian, if you will, that's, that's all fair game. But the courts have held a high standard around um, anonymized data uh, and, and the requirement that the government or law enforcement has to have um, – has to go through a series of steps to get the devices unmasked. And so on, on the personal side, we've, we've tried to observe that line on the, on the organization side. You know, our, our position has been that if no state wants to take this seriously enough to dig into the weeds and, and look at these organizations in full, follow the money and so forth, then we run a real risk if we go out publicly with it because we're going to be dogpiled on with lawsuits. And and you're speaking to someone that prior to starting through the vote, I'd never been in court. Since starting through the vote, I've never been out. <laughs> and it's 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 millions and wow. millions and millions of dollars in legal fees. And so we really have to be strategic. That said, um, 
what happens next after this movie gets out and people begin to sort of let this soak in what's really going on. And, and by the way, this is just one thing that that is happening in our elections and that and that we have to share. We have more. Um, but um, once this is out, our next move is something that I am overjoyed uh, about, and that is we're calling it pull the ripcord. We're going to release all of this data, all of the video to the public. Wow. And and there will be everybody from people that just want to come home and <laughs> come home after a hard day's work and stream some Dropbox video and see what they can see <laughs> versus and then and then you'll have people that will just really dig into the data. Uh, but 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 the whole takeaway is you know, we want to show everybody exactly what we had um, and let them come to their own determinations. That that way, it's uh, it's transparent, um, it's crowdsourceable, and um, and we think it's going to be a, a a powerful next step in in you know bringing these folks to justice. So yeah, that's where we are on it. I'm interested to see the the, the documentary film 2000 Mules documentary. One of the aspects of the of that I hope comes out very clearly in the film was the use of surgical gloves by these mules to avoid having their fingerprints all over the ballots. And uh, actually watching them drop this stuff into uh, into the ballot and then discarding their their gloves. I mean, it's mind blowing to see this stuff. And uh, so when is the film coming out and where could people get more information about that? You can get more information at 2000. So the number 2000mules.com uh, on that website, there's information about uh, the available theaters. It's, it's, it's in a, a very small number of theaters for starting on May 2nd. Um, and, and then on May 7th, there is a really cool, everybody should check this out, a really cool interactive event opportunity that is being live streamed out of a um, kind of theater in the round in Las Vegas. And the, w the way it works, I've never seen anything like this. I'm super, super jazzed about being a part of it, is, is up to 250,000 people. can We can watch the film together, uh, all of our uh, Images and, and, and faces will be sort of in a, an enormous amphitheater. You can see everybody watching it together. And then after that, and then, of course, you stream it from, you know, from your comfort of your own home. But then after that, we'll have a live Q&A, and all of that will be a part of the event. You can find out information about that event also on the website. And then post the theater and post the interactive event, it will be available on Rumble and the Salem um, movie platform and oh, all wow. of that information, again, available on the website, yeah. but really encourage people to check it out. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a lot to wrap your mind around. And I promise you, we're just beginning. There is a showing right around the corner from my house up in the Woodlands, Texas area. So I'm hoping to, to catch one of those showings. Uh, maybe with my wife, that'd be a nice date night as well. Praise be to God. Um, we're running out of time here. Let me just ask, which, which uh, states are more cooperative and which states are less in your efforts? Uh, it's all been challenging uh, for, <laughs> ver for various reasons. Um, I guess, you know, sitting here now in, in you know, April of 2022, uh, I, I guess I would say Georgia has uh, done the most to move the ball forward with their Secretary of State's team. Um, but we wasted a lot of time wa wandering in, in the wilderness because of misdirection mm. uh, from the, the governor's team, uh, which is, again, it, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, so that's probably the most advanced. Uh, Arizona has been great to work with. Uh, the, the Wisconsin legislators have been great to work with. 
I mean, this is we're on uncharted ground here. This is not we are we are wrapping our arms around how to approach all of this. And and you know, one of the one of the problems in proving election fraud is that is that the election codes laws themselves aren't when you really begin to you know read into into the in, in into the into the specifics of it it's they're not written in such a way as to is to be particularly helpful in these instances. Mm. so we know we're getting there we're getting all right there, but we're pushing the truth forward Catherine engelbrecht from true the vote thank you for your time today uh, again the documentary website it's 2000 mules Com. Catherine, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks so much. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thanks for hanging out with us this hour. We enjoyed our conversation with Austin Ruse and Catherine. And if you can and are able, join us in the next hour. You can always live video stream us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We're giving out prizes next hour. Because it's Fear and Trembling Friday where we pull a name out of the coffee cup. So that's going to be fun. Hang out with us. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. if everyone read the lives of the saints? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. 
We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, April the 22nd, 2022. Happy Easter to you. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. It's going to be a, a great hour this hour. We just wrapped up two really good conversations, one with Catherine Engelbrecht from TrueTheVote.org and another with Austin Ruse about the Father Stew movie. Potentially, I mean, I mean, the dust up over the Father Stew movie within the Catholic universe is, has been epic. I mean, the battles rage. Either you love it or you hate it. Very few people are caught in the middle, and Austin Ruse uh, weighed in this morning. And uh, so great conversation. If you missed it, you can catch the podcast. But for whatever reason, we're having difficulty with our podcast on our website. So make sure you go to the, um, let's see, Apple iTunes or Google Play. Excellent ways to catch the podcast feed there. I'm pretty sure they work there. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. But in spite of it all. Well, that's Adrian's line, but I have some very good news for you coming up. Really? And not just that. More puppies involved? No, there's an animal story. <sighs> However, you are going to get a twofer today. Really? Because it's Friday. It's, isn't it? and it's two it's, for Friday? It's nice. Yeah, two for, two for Friday. So we're going to get a puppy blue, dog story? Blue plate special. And then? And? And? Something about uh-huh. a father okay, and a daughter. Ooh, that's a tearjerker right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Father-daughter stories and puppy-dog stories. Mm-hmm. Nothing to move you more, Yes, I would argue. Well, praise be to God. We're looking forward to that. But uh, speaking of puppy-dog tears, uh, Adrian Fonsek is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good In to be here. Oh, it's Friday, so it's, it's great fr- to be it's here. It's Friday. You know, yeah. you know what they say. What do they say? I don't know. We've got to go back to that interview. <laughs> We're going to have to interview they again. <laughs> got to pull that interview up and see what it was. Can't remember anymore. <laughs> yes. That was fun, actually. I enjoyed hanging out with they and chatting about they. They, uh, them. They, them. Yeah, I'm still kind of shook by uh, uh, Burger King's crass and casual use of the Lord's words. Oh, yeah, we should bring that back up on Monday. Institution of the Holy Eucharist to sell Horrible. cheeseburgers. I mean, I, I loved you. Yeah. I loved you, a Burger King, charbroiled. I mean, I was down with that. I haven't I, had yeah. a Burger King burger in <laughs> I was I about know, to say that. years. I haven't had However, Burger King in like 20 years. Yeah, it's been a while. However, my I don't son used to work there. Burger King. Uh, now, yeah, like I, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Like, like Netflix and Disney, you're canceled. Sorry. Done. Can't do yeah. it anymore. I don't know if you can cancel something you weren't using anymore. You canceled coffee. I gave it up, though. <laughs> I gave it up as a sacrifice. Well, then I'm giving totally up Burger King as a sacrifice. 
How about that? There you go. Does that count? I have actually, I don't think I've ever eaten at Burger King. Ever. Really? I can't think of a single time in my they life. They used to have these chicken fries. Oh, man, they were good. Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah no, I mean, it's not that I'm like anti-fast uh, food or eat healthy or something. I'm, I don't eat healthy at all. I just... It just never went to Burger King. Just I don't know why. Well, I'd you go, I'd go to Waterburger instead. You can go today. I can't though because they are uh, blaspheming our Lord. So. That's true. We <laughs> but you can't eat meat today. Well, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yes, Technically you can. speaking, yes, it's you a solemnity. Can. The <laughs> octave, on. the Friday and the octave of Easter is a solemnity. Yes, praise be to God. So have all the carnivore you like today in in uh, in celebration of Holy Easter. Praise be to Jesus. Hey, coming up this hour, we have a good news story, as Rudy just said. We also have Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and we're giving out prizes in our Fear and Trembling Game Show. So if you want to try to win, well, today's your day to get in because we're going to pull that winner today on the live radio coming up. So I will give you the phone number at 15 past, or you can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get that uh, number ahead of time. Call in. You can sit on hold. That's an option. But otherwise, we'll hang out with you in the after show for the second half of this hour. And uh, just, hey, good morning, Mike and Clarissa and Luz and Damon and uh, Tammy, all hanging out on our CDT Insider private chat on Telegram. Good to see you guys here this morning. So we'll be conversating with you in the after show in the second half of the hour. Again, everything's linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for the day. Rather, good news stories for the day. Dad-daughter duo transforms 1973 train caboose into epic Airbnb by themselves. This is from the Epic Times. A retired carpenter and his daughter from Iowa have pulled off an epic renovation, turning a scrap train caboose into a luxury Airbnb apartment single-handedly. Jim Dotsonrod, who's 65, had already completed the restoration of a barn silo, his first Airbnb rental. He named it Silo on the Ridge when a family friend saw a 1973 train caboose parked at a metal scrapyard in spring of 2016. Jim drove 30 miles to pick it up, keen on another passion project. Jim had bought a single set of railroad tracks uh, to go along with this caboose, and his daughter Danielle Dotsonrod said it was in good condition. There was no rust, dents, or physical damage. It was just very dirty, and it smelled strongly of oil. We hauled it to my dad's property on a semi-truck and then unloaded it with a crane. Dad did most of the real work, and I helped with the design of small projects, Danielle said. He says, I give him lots of what he calls brain strain, but in the end, we're always happy with how our projects turn out. Danielle tiled the bathroom and designed the oak flooring inlaid with black tiles, while her father built a platform on the cupola for a uh, raised queen-size bed with stairs and bunk beds beneath, sleeping four. To preserve the caboose's authenticity, the pair decided to keep the original hand railings and conductor's chairs, which can swivel out on their bases to look out the windows. The CR, train, CR Station train caboose project was completed with a grand total of $4,000. 
And here's your second story from the Daily Caller. Missouri fisherman reels in massive lake sturgeon. Troy Stagg spent 47 minutes trying to reel in the 50-pound fish onto his boat. Staggs quickly photographed and measured the massive nearly 5-foot-long fish before releasing it, as the lake sturgeon is an endangered species in Missouri. Officials describe lake sturgeon as bottom-feeding predator scavengers, specially fitted for life in the swift currents of our big rivers, and play a role that cannot be duplicated by any other fish. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. George. He was born in the 3rd century to a noble Christian family. And when George was old enough, he was welcomed into the Diocletian's army. And by the late 20s, his late 20s, George served as an imperial guard for the emperor at Nicodemia. In present-day Libya, a dragon terrorized the kingdom. And to appease the dragon, the people of Salem were offered the dragon a sacrifice of two sheep a day. The dragon eventually demanded human sacrifice, and young maidens were chosen by lottery. One day, the king's daughter was the unlucky girl chosen for sacrifice, and so she was sent to the dragon. St. George happened to be riding in town, and he charged the dragon with his lance, spearing him through his chest. The dragon, however, was not killed, but tamed by St. George. So tamed, in fact, that the princess was able to put a leash on him and bring him back to the town. The dragon recovered, and as he does, he becomes far less tame, once again terrorizing the people of Selen. The town began to beg St. George to kill the dragon, in which he responds he would only do so if they all converted to Christianity. After over 15,000 men had converted, George slays the dragon by chopping its head off with his sword. The king being so grateful, he built a church on the spot where the dragon was slain, and soon a spring starts to flow with a water that killed, cured all disease. On February 24, 303 AD, Diocletian, who hated the Christians, announced that all the soldiers should offer sacrifice to the Roman gods. When George refused the order, Diocletian was angry but was friends with George's father. And so in an attempt to convert him, he offered him land, money, and slaves in exchange for offering sacrifice to the Roman gods. George refused. Finally, after exhausting all the other options, Diocletian ordered George's execution. And in preparation for his death, George gave his money to the poor and was sent for several torture sessions. He was lacerated on a wheel of swords and required to re re resuscitations three times. But still, George did not turn away from God. And on April 23rd, 303 AD, George was decapitated before Nicodemia's outer wall. His body was sent to Lydda for burial and other Christians went to honor George as a martyr. St. George, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, the two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the, disciples whom Jesus, so the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. 
When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. Even though they were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? St. Peter walks over, grabs the net, and drags it over by himself. That's pretty boss right there. I mean, all the other disciples are struggling to bring that thing ashore, but St. Peter, he brings it, and that's just amazing to me. Praise be to God. The Venerable Bede says, uh, Peter, he, Peter, went to Jesus with the ardor with which he did everything and did cast himself into the sea, and the other disciples came in a little ship. We must not understand here that Peter walked on top of the water, but either swam or walked through the water, being very near the land, for they were not far from the land, but as it were, about 200 cubits. Close quote, Venerable Bede. I like that first line, with the ardor with which he did everything. Golly gee whiz, we always focus on how, our, how Peter was sort of bumbling or betrayed the Lord, but look at the fervor, the zealousness with which he steps out of the boat to come to our Lord on the waves, steps, throws himself into the, into the water to run to Jesus as fast as possible. Would that we be like that? Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things from Cornelius Alapide, but one thing in particular to focus on today is going back to fishing. Why did they go fishing? Well, also one other thing, 153 symbolizing the Holy Rosary. You know, there's 153 Hail Marys that are said when you pray the Rosary, which is what St. Louis de Mumford talks about in his book, Secret of the Rosary, which is the, the three mysteries, uh, five decades each, plus the three Hail Marys at the beginning, and that would equal one Rosary. Uh, so Simon Peter saith unto them, and different writers uh, differ for the reason why they are fishing. Chrysostom says, because the Lord was not always with them, and neither had any ministry been committed to them. And so they employed themselves in fishing. And St. Gregory says, an employment which was without sin before their conversion, and was blameless after their conversion. Therefore, Peter returned to his fishing, but Matthew did not return to his receipt of custom. What is this is important to note because he goes on and says, for there are many employments which it is impossible or scarcely possible to follow without sin. To such a man must not return after he's converted. Do we think about this? Do we ever think to ourselves, is my job, is the job that I am doing something that is beneficial to the kingdom of God? Is it something that is good or is it something that is just permissible? Or is it something that is bad? Is it impossible for a Christian to do? Is it scarcely possible for a Christian to do without sin? Because such a man cannot return after he's converted. So if we have a conversion of our soul, 
I think about this, how radical it was to look at the Christians during the time of the early church. They lived, ate, and acted different, and so we too should start to live, uh, act, and have all the way we do things be different from the culture. Amen. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. That's coming up right now. We're looking for a contestant to play with us one more time before we give out the prize. So we're going to go to a break, but now is your chance. Call right now, 877-757-9424, Call now to play our game. Fear and trembling and prizes are all coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Got a drive time. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have secrets and agendas. But you're not allowed to tell people what our secrets and agendas are. So uh, you have to keep this between us, all right? That's the deal. But number one, we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you're going to learn something about your Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we're going to have a laugh, a good time, and our callers are really the best. We appreciate that most. And we give out prizes, praise be to God. It is a winner 
for everybody involved. And today's the day we actually give out the prize. But here is the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I will not be asking the caller the questions. So they don't technically need to know any of the correct answers, and they could still win the game. Because instead, I will ask Adrian, and I will ask Rudy, one of which will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is 12th and Blossom. Husbands, I'm going to remind you one more time. It's the last time I'm going to remind you. Okay? <sighs> you got to love your wife. That's in Scripture. I'm, all feeling, right? I'm feeling a little judgment right here. All right. And so yeah. if you love your wife, Why you're, you're going like to know Mother's Day is coming up soon. Have you been talking to my wife? <laughs> Has she been telling you stories? She paid me to tell you. Now, uh-huh, uh-huh. the person who runs 12th and Blossom, she sells fantastic original Catholic art, jewelry, and other gifts. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You can check mm-hmm. out her website mm-hmm. at 12thandblossom.com. That's 1-2-T-H-and-blossom.com. They're generously sponsoring our game show this week with a small portrait set honoring the different titles of Mary, Blessed Mother. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, 12thandblossom.com. Very much for your generous gift to our program this week. All right, let's go to the phones. Pete, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are you doing today? Praise be to God, Pete. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm, I'm great, thank you. You are alive, too, I imagine. I mean, that's yes. part of the reason yeah. why we're talking. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> now, well, where are you from, Pete? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. The great and wonderful city of uh, San Antonio, Texas. Born and raised. Are you from there or did you move there? Uh, we moved here when I was about a year and a half. Well, oh, so you've been there pretty much your whole life. Then, then you know. Pretty much, yes. You, then you must be a Jets and Rockets fan, I would imagine, because, I mean, who isn't, right? It's the greatest <laughs> high school football <laughs> team of all history. time. Mm-hmm, They've mm-hmm. got a great football history. Yes, yes, they do. I, I would know because I graduated from there, so I'm not bragging. I'm just explaining. That's all, Pete. <laughs> Where do you go to church? Our Lady Guadalupe in Helotus. Oh, wonderful. Praise be to God. And, uh, Pete, are you familiar with this game? Do you know how the rules work here? Oh, yes. I've played it at least once before. At le- oh, that's right. Well, welcome back, Pete. We're glad you're here. All right, uh, I don't know if the last time you played, Rudy was on board, but can I just give you a little pro tip? He's tricky, okay? <laughs> you got to be, just, just beware. Buyer beware. That's all I'm saying. All right, here we go. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony. You do that every time. I'm yes, sorry. I'm greeting. You need like a, you like the papal stole. I'm greeting gonna my be. fans down below. You're going to give I'm like the logia. royal hand, sh- hand wave. Yeah. Oh my right. goodness, well, good it gets hyped. It gets yes, way it gets more hyped. better as we go. <laughs> good morning to you, Rudy. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Are you sure? Sir, I am ready. Uh, are you sure? Sir, yes, sir. I like that. That's best. I, that's, that's the way to go. Praise be to God. All right, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the English term for the priests washing his thumbs and index fingers with water after communion? What do we call that? Are you saying that? Extraordinary so-called ministers of communion don't do this. I never did when I was. Hmm. Well, when a priest does it, it's called ablutions. If Ab- they do it. Ablutions. Yes. Okay. Ablutions. Mm-hmm. And they should be doing it. Yeah. Okay. Ab- ablutions, you say. Ablutions. I wonder what Adrian's going to say. Hey, Adrian. Good morning. Hey, you got my name right. Praise be to God. I've been practicing staying up all night. Just Praise rehearsing. Praise be to God. 
Adrian, can you tell me, what is the English term for the priest washing his thumbs and index fingers with the water after Holy Communion? Oh, yes, that would be the, the term lavabo. 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 That sounds almost Latin. You sure it's it English? It does sound almost Latin. Okay. Okay. Lavabo, you say. It's a technical term. I guess. Um, all right, Pete. Hopefully you're a, a Latin English scholar here uh, because Adrian seems to think it's called a lavabo, whereas uh, Brother Rudy seems to think it's called ablutions. What is the English term for washing the priest's thumb and index finger after communion? Pete, is it Rudy? Is it Adrian? What say you? I, I think I'm going to go with Rudy. Mm, mm. Okay. It, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, the lavabo is whenever he washes hands before consecration. See how tricky, yeah. see how tricky Adrian is there. He was giving you a kind of almost correct answer, but not quite. It's like half correct. Half, yeah. Lavabo and ablution. So, in fact, it's ablutions. Now we know. And extraordinary uh, mention of the Holy Communion. Ablutions. Look it up. That'd be great. All right, you're in the cup. You could win, Pete. It's possible, but I think we're going to get you in there for uh, uh, at least two of the next. One of the next two is possible, but I'm going to be honest with you. This one is probably the hardest one today. Yeah, it's going to be. It's actually really easy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I hope you're not going to lie. I don't want you in to fact, lie. In fact, this is probably the easiest question really we have today. Sincerely don't want you to lie today, but uh, this is There's easily no the hardest wrong. of all three is what I'm going to say. All right, we're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? The 19th General Council of the Church was held where? The 19th General Council of the Church. Yes, was not held the 18th or the not 20th. The, okay, okay. Just 19th. to be clear, not, not the 21st either? No. Nah. Okay, the not one? that many? Okay. Number 19, yeah. please. That would be the Council of Trent. Trent. One of my favorite councils. Top five favorite councils. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, top five. <laughs> yep. well, now we need to know what the other four are. <coughs> I mean, we don't have time. All right, so Trent is your answer, you yep, say. Yep. I wonder. All right, Rudy. Mm. Rudy, can you tell mm-hmm, me? Mm-hmm. I know you're a church historian, so you should have this down. Yes. The 19th General Council of the Church was held where? Well, to figure this one out, you have to take a trip to a place called Jamaica, man. Really? They held it there. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh my. It was very irie. <laughs> it was very irie. And I bet the jerk was, the jerk chicken was, mm, it was great. Oh. And the beaches were super awesome. I can taste the jerk chicken right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. All the That's why they held it there. and the croziers. They held it there because they, you know, they wanted to change the scenery. Speaking you know? of needing ablutions, they have to clean their hands after every meal. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Is it, uh, as Rudy says, <laughs> Jamaica man, or is it Trent, as Adrian says, P15 seconds, <laughs> not that you need them. What say you? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Adrian. Pete, why are you laughing? Just have to, huh? I like that. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Masterfully put, Pete. Just... I have to. I have an obligation here. My hands are tied. Got to go with Adrian. All right. You're in for two, but let's see if we can get you for three. I told you that was easy. We're going to go back to Rudy on this one. What, Rudy, is the opposite virtue of the capital sin of anger? Looking for the opposite. Oh, man. It's meekness. Like Mike Tyson showed on the airplane. Yeah. Got it. By pulling his punches. Mm, meekness <laughs> is your answer. Okay. It's Speaking like, I'm of not going to hit you full. Pulling punches. Adrian. Yes. Can you tell me what is the opposite virtue of the capital sin of anger, please? Ah, uh, yes. If you want to combat anger, you have to practice 
Humility. Humility. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, that's a kind of more tricky one than I thought. Now, Pete, is it humility, as Adrian says, or is it meekness, as Rudy says, the opposite of anger? What say you, Pete? Um, I think it's meekness. Well, mm-hmm. one can think that, but is the correct answer meekness? Yes, it is. <laughs> well right. done. Well done. Praise be to God. Poor Mike Tyson having to pull his punches. I'm shuffling. You're shuffling. Pete, you may win. You're in for three. You got a great chance here. I don't know. It might be God's holy will. We'll see. All right, I got one. You have one? I'm going to put it back into the cup. Okay. And then I'm going to take it out of the cup for (laughs) performance. And it's Jonah Burrier. Hey, happy birthday, Jonah. Congratulations. Happy birthday. 12th birthday, by the way, this celebrated this week. Hey, Pete, I'm sorry. It was not God's holy will that you should win today, but you were a lot of fun. Great. Thank you. Thank are, you very much. Are you going to eat meat today, Pete? I'm just curious, because you know you can, right? Yes, I know I can. So are you? Uh, so I probably will. Yeah? What are you going to have, like a steak, porterhouse? I mean, like, what are you, what are you thinking about? I mean, a carnivore uh, pizza? A burger. A burger. Maybe, maybe a burger. Maybe a burger from Whataburger. <laughs> wow. It's, it's what, Pete? I don't know if you know that, but it's... W-H-A-T. It's what? A burger? There's Don't no worry. water Don't let involved. him bully you. You're right. There is zero water involved in the burgers at Whataburger. I don't know if you knew that, but there you go. And just don't eat Burger King today. God love you, All Pete. Right. Thanks for having a laugh with us and having fun, hanging out. Happy Easter to you, Pete. That happy Easter to you as well. Thank Praise you. be to God. And go Bye. Rockets. Go Rockets. That's what we say from San Antonio. Hey, God love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us this week. We enjoyed all the conversations we've had. Coming up this uh, next week, we're going to have some great conversations, including the one of the owners of Agard Watches, who put out videos sort of uh, you know supporting women and their dignity, even though they've been shadow banned by Google. That's coming up on Monday, so tune in. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you in the after show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Today is Friday within the octave of Easter. We offer this Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for the intentions of all of our online viewers and all those listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network. At the Lamb's high feast we sing Praise to our victorious King Who hath washed us in the tide Flowing from His pierced side Praise we Him whose love divine Gives the gas His blood for wine Gives His body for the feast Love the victim, love the priest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who gave us the Paschal Mystery and the covenant you established for reconciling the human race, so dispose our minds, we pray, that what we celebrate by professing the faith we may express in deeds through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After the crippled man had been cured, while Peter and John were still speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees confronted them, disturbed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They laid hands on Peter and John and put them in custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word came to believe, and the number of men grew to be about 5,000. On the next day their leaders, the elders, and scribes, were assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly class. They brought them into their presence and questioned them, By what power or by what name have you done this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered them, Leaders of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a cripple, namely by what means he was saved, then all of you and all the people of Israel should know that it was in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. In his name this man stands before you healed. He is the stone rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is no salvation through anyone else, nor is there any other name under heaven given to the human race by which we are to be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Responsorial Psalm. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Israel say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his mercy endures forever. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be, be glad and rejoice in it. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. O Lord, grant salvation. O Lord, grant prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish, even 
though there were so many, the net was torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in a like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus has revealed, was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I took the youth group out to the beach and had fish for breakfast uh, this day, Friday in the octave of Easter. And I shared with them this gospel. We read this gospel and we reflected on one thing, that there's a specific kind of pattern in your life where God shows up. That is why Peter was going fishing as the first pope. He was going fishing as Jesus's delegate, his, his representative, his vicar, because he knew that every time he had gone fishing before, Jesus had shown up. He wasn't going back to his former way of life. He was looking for Christ. He knew that Jesus was going to show up while he was fishing because he had done it so many times before. And that is exactly what happened. Peter went fishing and, he, and everybody said, well, we're coming too. And, and the Lord Jesus showed up. And to, to, to uh, reemphasize that, Jesus wanted to show them that it was him by having breakfast. Why? because they had had breakfast with him every day for the past three years, and they knew how Jesus ate. They knew how he had breakfast. And so they, he wanted them to recognize him. God is spiritual. Jesus is spiritual in the resurrection. And, and in many ways, new life is exactly that. It is new, something we have not seen before. And if we'd seen it before, we would recognize it, but we don't. And so we need to have situations where Jesus continually shows up. The situation par excellence, where Christ continually shows up, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Because Jesus promised that when the priest says, this is my body, this is my blood, when he, when he said, do this in memory of me, that was his promise and his institution. That if we showed up and did the same things over again, just like a ritual like going fishing or breakfast or something that they had been familiarized, that Jesus had taught them that he was going to show up. But the Mass is par excellence that because that is where Jesus becomes the Eucharist, where the bread is transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Every time you go to Mass, it's going to the resurrected Christ. It's having contact with Jesus. The other thing that the Mass teaches us is to examine the rest of our day and see, this is a kind of an Ignatian thing, is to reason out your day and remember what things brought you close to God and what things brought you away from God. Was there any kind of thing that you did? Maybe a certain prayer, a certain place, a certain thing, or a certain person that brought you closer to Jesus? Then do that, follow that. Was there, and then this is the same thing as uh, like remembering your temptations. Why were you tempted? What is the condition of your temptation? What's the kind of common factor? That becomes what's called an occasion of sin. And that's when you can start to reason out 
a plan, a strategy for overcoming your lower nature, which is very much like the Pharisees, scribes, and the, you know, they were resisting Jesus, the, the resurrection, just like your lower nature. It resists the resurrection. And if you can find out how to proclaim the gospel to your lower nature by placing yourself constantly near the fire, that old wood is going to start burning. That lower nature is going to catch fire and you're going to have a transformation in Jesus Christ. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may be set on fire with Easter joy. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may be representatives of the risen Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, for peace on earth. We pray for an end to moral confusion, an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter into the resurrection of our Lord in the eternal bliss of heaven. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We bring all of our petitions and prayers to our blessed Lord through the hands of the Immaculate Virgin Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Reina del cielo, alegrate, alegrate, O María. Reina del cielo, alegrate, alleluia. Alegrate, O María, alegrate, O María, Jesús resucitó. Reina del cielo, alegrate, alegrate, O María, reina del cielo, alegrate, aleluya. Alegrate, oh María, alegrate, oh María, Jesús resucitó. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name, our good and good of all his holy church. Perfect within us, O Lord, we pray, the solemn exchange brought about by these paschal offerings, that we may be drawn from earthly desires to a longing for things of heaven through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation at all times to acclaim you, O Lord, but on this day above all to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying, he has destroyed our death. By rising, restored our life. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Santos, 
Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaoth, Pleni Suncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Row him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. Preceptus salutaribus moniti et divin institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tua, Secut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et emite nobis debita nostra, secut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, 
et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always, and with your spirit. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miseret nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, dona nobis pacem. Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. communion antiphon. All of you who have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. Alleluia. Jesus said to his disciples, come and eat. And he took bread and gave it to them. Alleluia. Active spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus Christ is risen today, hallelujah. Our triumphant holy day, hallelujah. Who did once upon the cross, hallelujah. Suffer her to redeem our loss, Alleluia. Hymns of praise, then let us sing. Alleluia. 
Unto Christ our heavenly King, Alleluia. Who endured the cross and grave, Alleluia. Sinners to redeem and save, Alleluia. But the pains that he endured, Alleluia. Our salvation have procured, Alleluia. Now above the sky he's king, Alleluia. Where the angels ever sing, Alleluia. Sing we to our God above, Alleluia. Praise eternal as his love, Alleluia. Praise him, all ye heavenly host, Alleluia. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Alleluia. Let us pray. Keep safe, O Lord, we pray, those whom you have saved by your kindness, that redeemed by the passion of your Son, they may rejoice in his resurrection, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May God, who by the resurrection of his only begotten Son, was pleased to confer on you the gift of redemption and of adoption, give you gladness by his blessing. Amen. May he, who by his, whose redeeming work you have received the gift of everlasting freedom, make you heirs to eternal inheritance. Amen. And may you have already risen with Christ in baptism through faith, by living in a right manner on this earth, be united with him in the homeland of heaven. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Alleluia. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia. Regina Celi, Letare, Alleluia. Quia quem meruisti portare, Alleluia. Resurrexi, Sicutixi, Alleluia. Ora pro nobis Deum, Alleluia. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance, Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.